Hey there, and welcome back to Industry Town, brought to you by John Rosenfeld Studios. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. She's an incredibly talented and funny actress and writer, uh, and she's also my sister from another mother, Lindsay Chambers. Lindsay is one of my favorite people to talk about pop culture with, and it's the end of the year. Uh, top 10 lists are coming out, award nominations are coming out, so it seemed like an incredible time to have Lindsay on for us to do our top five films of the year. Low-key, I kind of think this has been the best year for movies that I can remember in quite a while, so I love talking about these. And at the end, we will also make some probably egregiously bad Golden Globe predictions because those are just happening in like two and a half weeks. So uh, I hope you enjoy. Please let us know what you think of our lists and send us yours on social media. Until then, here's Lindsay. Lock it up, very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark. Our live Lindsay Chambers. Thank you for coming to Industry Town. Oh, how are you? I'm well. Um, full disclosure to anyone listening to this, we did an episode of mm-hmm. this at the very beginning of Industry Town that I ended up not being able to use. I brought you on to chat about pop culture and to talk about performances in television that we were loving. And I think this was maybe July it was or a something. While back. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wanted to have ten episodes before I launched, and then I did. That was one of my one of the ten and one that I loved the most. And then, you know, four months of culture had gone by (laughs) and talking about how great Brienne of Tarth was in the like fourth episode of Game of Thrones all of a sudden just felt a little... I know, things move fast. It got a little weak. If you don't look around once in a while, you might miss it. So, um, so Lindsay, I I think of you in my life as like a pop culture correspondent. I love your takes. I learn a lot. It's fun to chat about. And so um, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about... I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. End of year. It's it's the end of 2019. Wild. We have nominations coming out, holiday movies coming out, lists are happening. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, okay, I'm going to lead up with a couple questions about the year interview in pop culture, um, ask you for your thoughts, and uh, we'll build up to our top five of the year. Mm. So first of all, TV. Yeah. I feel like for the last couple of years, we've been hearing that TV is where it's at now. Movies are dying. And I feel like (sighs) this year was kind of an argument maybe in the other direction or that it's not quite so clean. Interesting. I can come up with at least 50 movies that I think are interesting, really worth seeing. Mm. Uh, the budgets uh, range, but almost all of them are that kind of movie we're, that we're hearing can't exist anymore. And that TV was mainly dominated by two shows, Succession and Fleabag. And that the gap after that to what was everybody watching or everybody caring about mm-hmm. was pretty substantial. So my question to you to start this off is, outside of Succession and Fleabag, <laughs> what is your TV show of the year? You know, I, this is a, just a personal favorite. I don't know if it's like making, uh, to to reference it's cold open, making waves <laughs> in the way that I would hope it is. And it is The Righteous Gemstones. It is so good. I just... I, and I, I will say, I, m- most of the shows I enjoy do lean to HBO. I just enjoy their programming <laughs> for the most part. Is any of that about the week-to-week nature of it? I, I think it is. I really, um, and this will come up later, I really love, like, uh, yeah, TV as, um, what's the word? Uh, Water cooler? Enter- yeah, or, um, yeah, just like a event television that mm. gets people talking about something or you you know you look forward to I, I do miss that and I think that's part of it I also just I love Daniel McBride I think his his voice has always been very special and funny to me and he he really tickles me in a way that that few people do but that said the show you know Eastbound and Down I really liked I can only kind of watch it in smaller doses mm-hmm. um, but this show I was just so wonderfully surprised by um, it, it has so much heart in places that I never expected it to and it is, feels similar to Succession in, in some of the themes but is um, obviously much more of a, a hard comedy <laughs> and um, and is just uh, yeah it was just so surprising to me that it, it really took care of this subject in, in a way that I kind of expected them to um, 
yeah, just like backhand away. Okay. I like righteous gemstones. That's a good answer for mm-hmm. that. Uh, any honorable mentions? Anything that you feel like maybe didn't quite make the cut but was worthy of just a quick shout out? TV? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, yes. Euphoria. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I teach I teach the teens here at JRS, and um, boy, that show really rocked their world. Uh, <laughs> if you guys haven't watched Euphoria, get get with the trends. Um, it is really good. I again thought it was just handled um, so so well. They do um, a little backstory on each of the characters as each episode's cold open, and it focuses on different characters. And it's a, a great tool to make you care about all these people and and flesh out their characters in a way that I I hadn't seen a show do like that. Um, And then there was a very interesting show that I am going to have to look up. Um, Undone. That's what it was. Did you watch that on Amazon? It's um, uh, one of the writers from BoJack Horseman created it. And it's a very interesting animation style and um, really beautiful, like, watercolor. I don't even know how to begin. It's about... um, basically a woman it's about her mental health but but the way that it's told through animation is so interesting and the actress in it um it's the way that they capture her and translate it into animation is so interesting and and it's really well done um that one i think kind of didn't get as much um hoopla as it deserved (laughs) (laughs) uh so my honorable mentions Mm. are russian doll yeah which i really really loved and i think it shows some of the best thing about what where TV is right now, where mm-hmm. it really gave Natasha Leone a chance to like, what's yours? What's your story to tell? Mm-hmm. We've gotten to see you kind of being everyone's supporting character for a long time, but you get to see like New York through her eyes and the New York that she loves and her lean into a more three-dimensional version of a character I feel like we feel like we already knew mm-hmm. too well and just to blow that open. So I really love that. Um, other honorable mention was Barry. I thought Ugh. the fact that they figured out a way to make season two not feel yeah. like just a an, an appendage to season I, one. I loved it. Um, and then this is so, I don't know, old man to me, but my, my one of the year would be, outside of Succession and Fleabag, would mm-hmm. be Veep. To see the way they yeah. ended that show, um, to get to see Julia Louis-Dreyfus take her victory lap, to see mm-hmm. how giant that cast is. You watch like the finale of that and you see how many people who could anchor their own series were just like, no, please include me for like yeah. two lines and let me just do my <laughs> little piece. And um, if you, I won't spoil it, but I feel like the last joke they end the series on is incredible. And the moment right before that is like shockingly touching. And yeah. I did not expect them to be able to land that plane quite mm-hmm. so gracefully. Um, so yeah, those... Uh, Veep would be my show for that. Um, okay, so the next category that we are going to talk about real quick is uh, what is your least Ooh, favorite baby. movie of the year? And I just want to say one thing before we say this. Least favorite movie meant we saw it. Yes. Least favorite movie meant yes. that we either paid money for it or made an active <laughs> choice. So this is yeah. not about like what was the worst quality film. Right. It's the one that like bothered you the most mm-hmm. or felt like the biggest letdown or the most left on the table. So... With that in mind, I'm going to clear out, and your answer is... <laughs> Ad Astra, baby. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, again, I didn't see any movies this year that I knew I would not like. Um, this one I thought I would like, and boy, I did not. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it wasn't... It was just frustrating, because it could have been so much better. And well, it, Can we give a logline for people, as best you remember it? Uh, you know... Brad Pitt is an astronaut. Brad, He's... My logline for it would literally be Brad Pitt's dad um, is so cold and distant he is literally lost in space. <laughs> That's, That's the whole movie. That is the whole movie. It's one big metaphor yep. and it is hit on the head so hard the entire movie. Brad Pitt is wonderful in it. He he is doing some really nuanced, lovely acting. That said, I, it felt like they had finished the movie, tested it in an audience. It had not gone well. And they were like, you know what would help? Voiceover throughout this whole thing just to make people really understand it. And it's it, it's so um, oh, just – it just it's, it felt like a slog. There was I, we were thirty minutes in, and I thought surely we must be close. I was to about the to end. ask you how long into it were you having your first like uh just you know, <laughs> and I wanted to like it so bad because I had heard it was this masterpiece, and I I'm, it seems to have touched somebody out there, Sean Fantasy <laughs> being one of them. But um, but I just I I really um was disappointed by that one. That to me is a movie that I feel like is is considered a big deal and. 
because the patriarchy is alive and well, because that is a movie. <laughs> look, there are lots of there are lots of men who will just mm-hmm. respond to any story about fathers and sons. I'm one of them. I didn't love it, oh. but I absolutely am like, okay, yes, yeah. sure, sure, I'm in. And I was even I, I even had a little tear during that uh, that one time that he's doing the recording for his dad. Sure. Then that that was that was maybe the best part of the movie, I think, as well. And I I don't shy away from father son movies either. Mm-hmm. I I cried during Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs because of the cartoon sardine shop owner father. Oh, I don't father. mean that, that, uh, <laughs> that father son movies are only for the men. I mean that okay. we'll be apologists for all of them. Got that it, there's got very it. few that like won't pass the muster. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I just I don't know. I by the time his dad was, and this is a spoiler. For whoever is Spoiler, still if you haven't seen see Ad Astra yet, it's, okay. it's also not a plot movie, okay? <laughs> um, there's a part at the end where he's literally connected to his dad on a cord and his dad says, you have to let go. And I think I did laugh. I think, because I, it was just so much. But anyway. Also, if you saw a trailer for it, you know Tommy Lee Jones plays his dad. Yeah. So he's going to show up at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine, and I say this. Mm-hmm. I don't like that this I, – I kind of kept on looking at my list and being like, no, no, isn't there something else? And like, it's not honest. My least favorite movie of the year was Captain Marvel um, mm. for a couple of reasons. One is I think it's a garbage movie. Okay. That's a good, that's a good reason. <laughs> uh, but the narrative of it, they like – they keep switching through time constantly. And there was a really interesting movie, I think, that's basically like Female Top Gun where she's a fighter pilot. Sure. That movie I wanted lots of where she, it's mostly set in the real world mm-hmm. and it's going to lead to her becoming this other thing. And I think that that was interesting. But they didn't trust the movie at all. Um, I'm trying to remember who plays the the older female part. I think it's Sigourney Weaver. And it's just a ton of her is just on the cutting room floor because her part does not make any sense. Mm. The movie, like the second scene in it is her and Jude Law play fighting. Um, Like it's training. But have you ever (laughs) seen those scenes in movies where, oh God, these two are supposed to fight but it's so clear that like no one's actually trying to hurt each other. Like right. it's all kind of ballet yeah. as they like quip back and forth. And it's like, oh, none of this, none of this is real. None mm-hmm. of this is real. Um, and then, okay, I'm gonna say it. I don't think Brie Larson is good in the movie. And I love That's Brie okay. Larson. Okay. I love her work. You don't have to. But I do in everything else. <laughs> oh, like Short Term yeah. 12, I think, is this like remarkable yeah. movie. And I know a lot of people couldn't bring themselves mm-hmm. to see Room. I think I think oh, we all Room should. Oh, Room is, yeah. The hardest I've cried in a movie theater. <laughs> and I guess the thing that keeps hitting me about all these superhero movies, my biggest like chagrin for them, because I don't mm-hmm. think they're actually killing other movies, but they take these actors off the board from doing other things. And I spent a lot of Captain Marvel being like, what movie didn't get greenlit because I couldn't get her? Right. And instead we got this. Yeah. Or if you look at it, that she now has, uh, you know, money in the bank to, to do smaller projects in the off time. And I, again, that I, I'm all for that, and that part's great. But I start thinking, like, can you name more than two movies Robert Downey Jr. has done that aren't Iron Man since he started? Because I have the two. The Judge. That's one. And um, Dr. Doolittle. That's coming out. Doolittle. It's not out yet. But they filmed it a long time ago. <laughs> okay, so we filmed <laughs> okay. a third. And then The Soloist. And that's oh, it. right. And oh. that's a decade of Robert Downey Jr. And I love him in Iron Man. Sure. And I do not begrudge him making that money. I think about all the Andrew Garfield we lost for him to do two Spider-Man movies that not many people really enjoyed. Mm. And it just, that's the part of it that makes me sad is these people getting kind of taken off the board right. when we've already like, not to be too much of a downer, we've lost some of our like greatest actors to just mortality. And yeah. just to be like, okay, well, the rest of them all got a nice paycheck, and so they're all chilling in Atlanta, getting ready to go to Comic-Con together. I don't mm-hmm. begrudge that, but it, I start thinking about what didn't happen. Right. And that part makes me sad. sad. Yeah. So, um, sorry, Captain Marvel. That's, that's <laughs> where I stand on that's it. That's okay. I, I will say I I didn't see it, but I will <laughs> – this will maybe also come up later. But uh, Samuel uh, L. Jackson, the de-aging, I, I have a problem with the de-aging. <laughs> We'll talk about that. Okay, we'll get there. Um, Okay, we'll get there. Okay, um, the last one before we get to our top five movies Mm -hmm. of the year. Uh, I'm calling this performance of the year, and this is not best. Uh, It can be best Mm -hmm. if you'd like it to be, but you know, there's going to be a lot of awards that are given out for that stuff. This is more like, what's a performance you loved that you just want to give a little light to, a little shine on? Mm Um, you know, we'll talk about a lot of them when we get to the top five. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, I don't wanna like step on anything too soon. Oh, you know what? I I think a, probably a good one um is 
Charlize Theron in The Long Shot. Oh, she's incredible in that it's movie. It's not my favorite performance because, again, we're going to talk about that later. And uh, also, um, Edie Patterson in, in Righteous Gemstones is, is probably it for me. I loved, I loved her performance <laughs> so much. She is a star. Hashtag snail trails. Oh, I just give her the world. Um, uh, but... But I just was very, I really loved The Long Shot. That's on my honorable mentions list for, for movies. And um, nobody saw it. And she was she was just so funny and charming. And um, it's something I, I hadn't really seen her do ever. And, and she really owned that movie uh, in, in a way that I, I found um, inspiring. A total agreement on that. Mm-hmm. I thought that movie was shockingly uh, underappreciated. Yeah. Oh, I can get into that all day, but no one's going to mm-hmm. want to hear that. Um, so I have a couple runners up for mine. I'm just going to throw them out sure. real quick. Uh, Kevin Garnett from Uncut Gems. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Uh. <laughs> um, but just his performance in there, I thought he was going to have one scene where mm. he was stiff. No, he's a he's, main character. He's a main fucking character in that, and that instantly goes on the Mount Rushmore of athlete performances. He is phenomenally good in that movie, and I did not expect it, and am really thrown by yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, a couple others that are on there. Um, the one I almost picked is Joe Pesci from The Irishman. Yeah, um, I really it's it's incredible to me when an actor can surprise you after mm-hmm. a lifetime, and uh, he shares the screen with fucking De Niro and Pacino, and I think he's he's who I remember from that movie. Mm-hmm. Every single time I think about it, it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's up there, uh, and well, I could do a whole bunch, but those are two. Um, oh, one female one because uh, I'm. It's specifically the monologue Scarlett Johansson has in Marriage Story. That monologue, I want more movies that do that. Okay. I want more movies that'll just let somebody cook for five minutes. Like, th- I want movies to have more of the way Kobe Bryant plays basketball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> telling everyone to get the fuck out of the way. This is my time to do it. Yeah. And we're going to, like, get at some human truth stuff. I feel like in that performance, in that monologue, she's getting at work that reminded me of Lost in Translation, mm-hmm. which is easily my favorite of hers. Yeah, she's great in that movie. And I was just, I so, some shout outs there. Uh, my performance of the year in a very deeply weird movie in a deeply weird part is Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. Yeah. The Lighthouse, I don't know that movie totally, totally completely yeah. works, <laughs> um, but I know I didn't stop thinking about right. it. I know I was riveted by it, and I cannot think of anyone who can pull off that part. He just looks like a pirate who lives in a lighthouse who farts all the time and is willing to like sing those old sailor ballads. Yeah. And it just, give that man an Oscar. Give that man an Oscar. Has he, he not won? He, no, he just gets nominated every year for movies Damn. no one's heard of, like at yeah. Heaven's Gate or at Eternity's Gate sure. last year, Florida Project the year before that. Mm. But I honestly, you know, often I'll try to think like, who else could have done that part? Yeah. Uh, Danielle, he was like Fango earlier this year, right? Yes. Did you do in that, um, I didn't see it I though. didn't see it either. But I bet it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, highly recommend that you just try The Lighthouse and don't try to understand it outside of knowing that The Lighthouse is a big penis metaphor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can start there and see where you get to. Uh, uh, well, I mean, now I'm interested, so. <laughs> no, get to it. Get to it. There's a lot of, a lot of shots of that lighthouse. Um yeah, so shout out to Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty incredible. Let's take a quick break to talk about Horrible Haikus, everyone's favorite offensive poetry game. Listen up. If you have not finished your holiday shopping yet, then I am talking to you. This game, Horrible Haikus, which you can get at HorribleHaikusGame.com, is on sale for 50% off through the rest of the year. So for just $15, you can give the gift of offensive poetry to all of your loved ones. This is a great gift for friends, family, stocking stuffer, secret Santa, uh, a gift for your agent that you haven't thought of to do yet. This game is really fun. It's super easy. It's geared for performers and people who are willing to look a little bit silly and like having fun with their friends. So please check out HorribleHaikusGame.com and consider having that round out your holiday shopping. Okay, back to Lindsay. Okay, let's get to our top five of the year. I think it's important to call out some of the movies that we didn't see because these lists are not fully complete. Neither Mm -hmm. of us are paid critics. We don't get to uh, go to all sorts of fancy (laughs) screenings. Um, I haven't gotten any screeners yet. I have not. People are getting them. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'll gripe later. <laughs> we can gripe later. We'll have a whole just what yeah. grinds your gears, Lindsay, <laughs> section at the end of this. Um, but when I did this, I had a moment of like, holy fuck, this year in movies mm. is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so some that I will mention, because I was able to come up with about 25 right. that I still wanted to see. But ones that I have not seen that I think really matter Jojo Rabbit, I was going to Australia right when that came out, and then it's been hard to see since. Little Women, I would love to see. I yeah, don't know where so I can see it. see it yet. Um, 
Queen and Slim. Mm-hmm. I really want to. I haven't yet. I haven't either. Uh, Pain and Glory. Uh, I don't even know if that one's actually out yet, like Little Women. Um, Honey Boy, I have not I seen, seen yet. I haven't seen that either. Um, I had an opportunity to see it on a screener, and it's like, please let me see it in the theater, a theater instead. Yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah, me too. And then uh, The Two Popes, which I believe will be the equivalent to, have you seen The Wife? Yeah, uh, last year, I, yeah. I never saw The Wife, I and maybe I never will. Um, <laughs> sure, Glenn Close is great. Yes, and I'm sure that Price and Hopkins are wonderful. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll ever end up seeing that. So those are the ones that I think yeah. are very much in the conversation right. that I missed. The big ones that I have missed that I think might come up on, on your list, or, or I don't know, um, are Marriage Story I haven't seen yet, um, Joker, I haven't seen Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which I, I haven't heard was yet also either. delightful, um, and Ford versus Ferrari was the other one that I, I haven't seen. But I... Well, I've gotten all the rest of yours, because I have yeah. Marriage Story, I've seen that one, I've seen Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. Overall, thumbs up for both. Great. One fun thing to think about, if anyone does see Ford versus Ferrari, is there's a whole bunch about um, Christian Bale's family life. Oh, just start wondering what happened to Matt Damon's life and what yeah. must that have been? For them to be like, nope, nah, we'll nope, cut that. Yep. Nope, 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 Oh, nope. I also, I haven't seen um, Knives Out, speaking of. Oh, yeah, gosh. I'm excited. To, I, I do want to see all these, so. Okay. Um, but that's why they might not be on my list. Knives Out would be my honorable mention. Like oh, the, great. The, right on the outside looking in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shall we do your number five? My number five um, is. 2019. Uncut Gems. Oh, Which I just is. saw. This is my fucking way. You think I'm stupid, Howard? You and your whole fucking family. I heard you resurface your fucking swimming pool. I, you know how that makes me feel? Never resurface anything. You think your life is more important than I don't know who said that. Um, Uncut Gems it. is my number two. <gasps> no way. Oh, oh yeah. I fucking yeah. loved it. Yeah. Oh, my God. But it let was... me clear it for you and go for it. Well, I, I definitely want to hear what you have to think about because we have not discussed it yet. Um, God, it was just so fun. It was like one of the most fun times I had at the movie theater this year. It's, um, I was a big fan of Good Time, the other Safety Brothers movie. I, they have more than that, but that's the only one I think I've seen. Same here. Um, and I remember for that just being like, oh, the tension in this. I, it, that was the most anxious I've ever been in a movie theater maybe. Holy cow. I, thought I was going to throw up at a certain point. Um, and they just are so masterful at like playing with tension. Mm. And this movie, I just think, was so – it called to a lot of things that I enjoy. Seeing Adam Sandler in that role is just – uh, so fun. He's having fun, uh, and and I, I really enjoyed his performance a lot. And it deals with basketball, oh. gambling. Um, but I just think it, it handled it like he's his character is both this huge dreamer and a gambling addict. And like what a what a fine line, <laughs> or like how to how to walk that, how to walk the line between greed and aspiration, mm-hmm. um, which I think they handled really well. Uh, you called out Kevin Garnett, who who is good in this he's movie really there are a couple times where i'm like okay you know he's he's going for it but good for him for going for it yeah. and i think there are some moments where he's just listening in a way that is i don't know it directed really well or he he knows his angles like he'll look up in a way that you're like oh kevin garnett find your light babe uh, you're just doing it um but I, I thought Julia Fox was also really great. What is she from? Nothing. She's like just a New York socialite who was friends with the Safdie brothers and has like been <laughs> working with them on this film. I went to um, a screening with a talkback after, and they said that the there's a, a good joke in the movie where she gets a tattoo, and mm-hmm. I won't spoil anything, but um, they're like, that was her idea. She's like, that's what I would do if I needed to like mend things. Wow. She's just, yeah, and she's, she's wonderful. Um, and I think at the same time, the movie does play with um, – yeah, both both tension and class, which are things that I was really drawn to in films this year. Okay, I I cannot agree yeah. more. <laughs> if you are gonna see Uncut Gems, I just a huge vote towards go see it in the dome like yes. this week. Uh, try to see with as many people as possible on as giant a screen as possible because this movie, to me, not that I've ever done it, feels like cocaine. <laughs> this feels like a cocaine high and, yeah. and like one that you keep re-upping as the movie goes. It the starts pace. instantly. It is unrelenting in an mm. incredible way. Um, there's so much about this movie that I love. I love the way that they shoot things. It feels mm-hmm. like these movies are propulsive almost always by one person just leading the way and the camera feels like it's two inches behind the back of their head. Yeah. And it does two things where it makes their field of vision just feel like the whole world is your world. Mm-hmm. And it also means that you can't see anything that they don't a lot of the right. time, which is so disconcerting. Mm-hmm. So I love that. The way they light shit, the colors that they play with are yeah. out of this world and just like beautiful to watch. And 
they so two things. One is I feel like this movie is like low key about Donald Trump a little bit about the people who will just mm-hmm. who truth doesn't matter and morality doesn't matter and you will just keep playing every card you have to the bitter end and trying to like understand what that is about and what they're trying to get and the why and what works or doesn't work about it. And without giving anything away, I also think that they have a morality that mm-hmm. that for a movie that depicts so much egregious behavior, yeah. there is a centering morality at the end of it. They do. It doesn't seem like they're celebrating this person, despite the fact that he's the protagonist of their movie, and they also have some empathy. And the ability to do all of that is incredible. Um, and also, I felt like I knew what the movie was going to be from the trailer. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could have argued, like I could have guessed what the main arc was going to be and what the the rise and the fall. And I was. I kept on being surprised by, oh, we're going here now. Yeah. Um, It's also cool that Kevin Garnett plays Kevin Garnett and you see Kevin Garnett basketball footage and The Weeknd is in it playing The Weeknd. Yeah. And it's just really interesting to me when you start turning these movies into like, is this historical fiction now? I think the genre has changed and it makes it very meta and feels so Mm. real um, in a way that I just found so exhilarating. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, They they were saying – you know, in the talk back, both that they wanted it to be a parable, which I think speaks to the morality of it, which which is both surprising mm-hmm. um, at times, but but I do think like just makes it a, a much better movie than if, if it doesn't have that. Um, and then for Kevin Garnett, I think Sam was saying that they were trying to get Joel Embiid, which <laughs> is also fun to just imagine that movie with. I've heard him. I've heard Kobe. Yeah. And I think there was someone else they there talked was about, one more, too. Um, I forget now. But who wasn't quite as big a deal as those two. I mean, yeah. he was a big deal basketball player, but not like multiple But it champions. is fun to like think about. I want to go back and read those drafts. But... I want the Draymond Green version. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that I want. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. Um, yeah. Strong recommend. I'm yeah. Go check it out. And if you want to see a Zafty Brothers movie and you can't get to a theater, I think Good Time is on Amazon Prime. Oh, like I good. think it's free. It's that one, yeah, buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> that that might be more meth instead of cocaine. That it's, one I yeah. really have never tried. And, I and, and it, it stars, uh, is it Benny Safdie that's in it? Benny Safdie's yeah. in it. And He's it's, great in it. And Robert Pattinson, who yeah. I was not a believer Same, in. Yeah. And uh, now I cannot wait to see him play the Batman. Like, right. And now we all say the Batman because the. Matt Reeves has decided that that's a way to legitimize it. And he's right. <laughs> um, okay, my number five mm-hmm. uh, is Us. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. The Jordan Peele film with the incredible Lupita Nyong'o performance. Um, So yeah, I I saw this movie opening weekend. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I feel like that movie was unfairly compared to Get Out. Yeah. I feel like the second that movie was announced, Mm -hmm. we're thinking, oh, he's making Get Out 2, basically. And that it's going to be just as magical and just as perfect. And and I don't think you can – I think that's one of the best movies of the decade, Get Out. Yeah. And I think, it's, I think it's an unfair thing to compare it to in that if you just isolate it on its own, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I think it's fucking great. I think mm-hmm. what it's trying to get at thematically is super interesting. And you talked about class. I mean, that movie is – Yes. It's about class. It's about our uh, own biases and what mm-hmm. we're also not willing to see in ourselves. And it – the way they marketed that movie was like straight horror. Yeah. I think that was a huge disservice because that movie is a black comedy. Mm-hmm. Like there is a lot that is not particularly scary about it. There's a lot that's like straight up funny mm-hmm. about it. Oh, yeah. Like Elizabeth Moss's role in that movie is pure arch comedy. Yeah, but also has that turn. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything comes around a right. little bit, but you know, you watch the trailer, and I expected that we were going to see a whole bunch of people get cut to death with scissors. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and scissors end up being much more of a metaphor mm-hmm. than a, than a weapon. I think they get used yeah. a couple times, but never in this like, it never feels like saw. It never right. even feels like scream. And I think that's what people kind of expected. Right. And that vocal choice that Lupita Nyong'o makes, uh, I will never forget that sound for the rest of my life. It's amazing. I just, I, and I remember reading that that woman who is so talented and mm. so beautiful and an Oscar, uh, Oscar winner and a Yale graduate mm-hmm. had never been the lead in a movie before, which is fucking crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, this has been years since 12 Years a Slave and you'd think that an Oscar would open the door for that. And 
who knows, maybe she's turned down a few that she didn't want to do. I'm kind of hoping that's the mm-hmm. case. But good Lord, people should write things for her. And it's, it's just, it's so lame that that's kind of the world that we live in that yeah. Lupita Nyong'o cannot get a lead role in a movie. Well, and not to be too bleak, but I am curious to see what the next one is and, and how quickly that comes. Because yeah. I also uh, maybe <laughs> maybe do bitter to think like, I don't know, I don't know. I hope this opens a ton more doors for her. Um, that that again, who who knows what's what's really going on? But um, she's so phenomenal, and at the time she takes the specificity, it's yeah, it's an incredible performance. And that movie, yeah, I agree. There's there's so much going on in it, and so many layers. And I think I don't, yeah, I I just need to watch it again. I it was it was on my list, and then recency bias happened. Yeah, <laughs> um, which which is I, I just put Uncut I Gems number two, and I saw it three yeah. days ago. <laughs> So, um, so I do ap- apologize if I were to give it a week. I'm sure it would sneak back up. Um, but I really loved it. It's just so, um, yeah, so thoughtful and powerful. Great score. Oh my god. Um, just like images I will never forget. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. almost think that part of the look. Far be it for me to give Jordan Peele any notes, uh, but I think Get Out is perfect, and part of it is because it doesn't. There's like a moment near the beginning of us where like someone throws a frisbee and it lands perfectly mm-hmm. in a circle. And he just, I remember reading like a Vanity Fair article or something where he described like, oh yes, everything has a meaning. And he even talked about that and he said he'd be on set explaining why these things are all in there. Right. And those things start to make it feel like Black Mirror to me. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are a little too like, hey, look at this. This has like the story that the, that he wrote had all the meaning you could possibly need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you just take out some of the things that feel like Easter eggs, there's like a couple shots that are supposed to be exactly The Shining. Sure. And those are neat for like a film class, Mm -hmm. I think. But honestly, I think if you just took out some of those that weighed it down just a little bit, that that movie does even better. Yeah. Um, What is your number four? Jojo Rabbit. Hi, Adolf. What's wrong, little man? They call me a scared rabbit. Let them say whatever they want. People used to say a lot of nasty things about me. Oh, this guy's a lunatic. Oh, look at that psycho. He's going to get us all killed. Oh, my God, I can't. I'm embarrassed that <laughs> I have be. not seen this movie No, there's, yet. again, there's so much to see. Um, I, won't, I won't talk about it too much just because I don't want to spoil anything. But... Um, I just, it, I was really um, just charmed by it, and it. I laughed. Give a, and I can you give cried. a log line? Um, yeah, a, a young boy, uh, Jojo. He uh, has um, an imaginary best friend who is Hitler, and uh, he, uh, yeah. Without giving, I don't think I think this happens pretty early in the movie. He um, is like a, a huge part of like the Hitler Youth, and um, he realizes quickly that his mother is hiding um, a Jewish girl in there um, in his uh, sister's like uh, behind a wall. Yeah, that's on the trailer. So yeah. I don't think that's giving okay, anything good. away. I couldn't remember. And it's directed by It's directed by Taika Waititi, am I saying that? Mm-hmm. And who also plays Hitler in it and is phenomenal. And if you don't know that name, that's Flight of the Concords, oh. the director of Thor Ragnarok. Yes, uh, um, Hunt of the Wilder People, which yep. is a beautiful movie as well. Um, yeah, I, I just really it it does a, it has a very interesting mix of tones that is both um, silly and and fun and youthful and playful, um, but then it, it is also mixing World War Two and and I, I, I there were times where I wasn't sure how successful that blend was, but for the most part I just thought it did such a good job of talking about, um, you know, how how people see the world the way that they do and and getting an understanding for that and. Um, and showing that when he does start to, you know, know somebody and get empathy, how how his worldview changes. But there's like a beautiful, I mean, certainly not beautiful, very scary opening montage where they literally play, um, I think it's I Want to Hold Your Hand. I, they play a Beatles song and then they show footage of um, like people freaking out over Hitler and like crying like it's a Beatles concert. Ooh. And it's, again, it's like that very like happy music that we love with this like pretty horrifying footage. Um, but that's what it was. And that's the, that's sort of the, the premise is that this boy was just, he was a lonely bullied kid who was surrounded by this propaganda. Hitler was his rock star, was this person that he, you know, and and it's the way that they handle it. It sounds true. I was very nervous going into it, but it just handled so well. And um, yeah, the, the little boy in it is great. As is the the girl, 
And uh, his the boy who plays his best friend, Yorkie, I don't know who this kid is. Boy, he could, I've got to give him an Oscar. He's so <laughs> funny. I've never seen a kid just so genuinely funny. And every time he and Jojo hug, like a little boyfriend hug, I just, I could have cried just from those alone. I loved it. Um, yeah. I can't wait to see it. I, it's so good. I think it's so important that we start telling stories about the Holocaust differently because Mm -hmm. I I hate it but people tune out and like I remember I hadn't seen Schindler's List and this was like five years ago Mm -hmm. or something and I mentioned that I wanted to see it and all these people looked at me like I had said let's go get a root canal (laughs) and there's a there's a whole thing about people's attention spans and whether they're willing to see things that they don't like that's fine and that's one conversation but I really do believe that we take a lot of this history for granted and that's a little bit of why I think a lot of people like I'm Jewish the Mm. world outside is really scary right now and I feel like um, we all kind of thought some of these like movies and stuff would remind people of like when we said never forget we really meant it and it does seem like people are kind of inured to it right now and anything that can kind of cut through some of that and remind people how this stuff happens why this stuff happens is uh, not just like a fun movie to go see, but also like wildly important. Yeah, I mean, and that I think that is part of the the purpose because it does feel so relevant to people who are being swept up in in these political movements um, mm-hmm. and, and all over the world. Um, but the the tone of it, it is kind of like the sugar that makes the medicine go down. So that when it does turn and get, you know, emotional or dark or things things happen, which I won't spoil, but it really kind of sidelines you in a way that I think is more accurate to life sometimes as well, of, instead of just living in, um, you know, the brutality of it the whole time. I, I, I was really impressed by it. That's wonderful. Um, this actually reminds me, I wanted to say something before we actually got into these lists, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know about you and how you kind of look at movies. I know that in my social group, a lot of people think that I'm like the guy who's always going to like the artsy foreign movie, <laughs> made for my number one pick. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but... I also like Longshot, and I also mm. like, you know, Hobbs and Shaw. And sure. when I think about how to, like, I was trying to think, like, because I'm very left-brained and analytical, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, is that, like, a rubric that I could use? And I didn't actually go for it, but the way that I would do it is I think of it's like a three-dimensional graph, and one axis is just, like, how, how well-made is it? Sure. On, like, a scale of one to five. Mm-hmm. Another axis would be how fun and enjoyable mm-hmm. is this, and that fucking matters. And that the third one is like the Z axis would be like, <laughs> is it relevant to you? Like, right. does it hit your special kind of your heartstrings or mm-hmm. your niche interests? And I think that's what these, like that's what ends up being the cream of the crop is when all three of those things work together. Yeah. And that leads to my number four. I'm a child of divorce. So bring me some of that marriage story. I realized I didn't ever really come along for myself. I was just feeding his aliveness. I'll never get to really be his parent again. He needs to know that I fought for him. Shoot it into my veins. Um, let's. I want to see. I want to see people crying about it. I want to see some divorce lawyers. <laughs> I want to see some kids who like feel differently about their parents at the end of it. And to me, none of like a, a lot of people are like. Oh, you're gonna. You, you want to watch that with your wife? And I was like, yeah. I want. Well, like this is gonna be great. Um, <laughs> but what I love so much about this movie. Um. So Bombach did a movie called Squid and the Whale. Have you seen Squid? I have Squid? not, actually. So, yeah. Squid and the Whale, I think, is arguably a quote-unquote better film. Mm. Um, and it's not very enjoyable to watch. It's a, Well, it, for me, it's not. It's really hard to watch where every single line feels like knives. It feels like a lot of – that none of these people are supposed to be good people. Mm. And what I really liked about Marriage Story is that it felt sweet, actually, mm. and that despite their the fact that their marriage isn't going to work – it felt like it loved both of these people. It felt like it loved what marriage can be. It felt like it had a lot of empathy for why they did the things that they did. Um, it's even got like a Randy Newman score, which makes it seem like a romantic comedy about divorce. Um, and they're not afraid to have some moments of lightness. Mm-hmm. Merritt Weaver is only in like two scenes, and I think I laughed 20 times in the time <laughs> that she was on screen. Uh, MVP. <laughs> they let Laura Dern definitely like dial it up to 11. Sure. Um, which... I don't. I didn't totally buy her as a completely real person, and I kind of think the movie's more fun because mm-hmm. of that. Like she's close to a real person, but there's they're letting her play around a little bit. Um, and then there are these set pieces. I don't want to give away too much, but there's one about like how they're going to serve the divorce papers that are incredible. And there is a thing. There's a whole like kind of movement of the film that would have been an incredible short film. That's just uh, Adam Driver has to have. Um, 
I guess it's not like child protective services, but some social worker has to watch him be a dad. Yeah. And that whole section is so wildly funny and uncomfortable. And ends with this he's he's got a magic trick he loves to like show his kid and it goes horribly wrong. And uh I will remember so many moments from that movie. Scarlett Johansson gets like a three and a half minute monologue. Yeah. Um and then there's also a really beautiful like fight scene that I keep seeing on Twitter. Everyone's like, oh, great. People are going to do this in acting class for 20 years. And I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it in acting class for 20 years. Let's actually do a scene where real people are going to get into why they are the way they are and what they want and their disappointments and their mm-hmm. heartache and they wear it on their sleeves and more of that, please. Yeah. That's that's where I come down. And uh, Adam Driver, I have never seen him play somebody like that. Usually it's always so visceral right. and hulking kind of. Mm-hmm. And this guy is is sensitive and sweet and and uh, he, like yes, he's a Broadway theater director, which gives him a certain amount of um, take charge attitude. But there's a heart to it mm-hmm. uh, that I really was touched by. And then there's some surprising musical elements to it that I will just let people discover that I Ooh, thought okay. were really beautiful too. So, uh, big recommendation for Marriage Story. Great. Um, what's your number three? My number three was the most fun I had at the movies this year. Um, and it is Hustlers. These are my coworkers. Jobs, please. What if somebody calls the cops? And says what? I spent $5,000 at a strip club, send help. Damn. We're family now. I loved Hustlers. It's number three. Not number five, number three. It is number three. It, is, uh, it was just so fun. I laughed so hard. I, uh, <laughs> I had texted my boyfriend who saw it after me. I was like, there is one part of the movie that is my favorite part, and you will know what it is. And as he was watching it, he texted me, is it Usher? And I said, yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, to watch Usher come into a strip club to want to make love in this club um, was like one of the best things I'll ever see on a big screen. Um, I, I just thought it was so, um, so good. And, I mean, we, we can talk about, yeah, female representation on screen of till, till we're blue in the face. But, like, these were female friendships, I believed. They felt lived in. They felt full. Um, I knew these people. I saw people that I know in, these, in like, all these women and uh, even, like, the smaller characters, um, the uh, – Lily, I, f- I forget her, her character's name. Um, there's a character who just, like, her main thing is that she throws up all the time when she's nervous. <laughs> and and even still, I was like, oh, I know somebody. Like, you know, it, it, it just felt um, full and fleshed out as opposed to, you know, I think we've seen some swings at movies like this before. Um, and maybe it's because this was based on a, a true story in an article. But, uh, but like, Ocean's 8, I was so excited about, cried at the trailer because I, I do think it is important, but was, was ultimately disappointed by the movie because we never get to see them be friends. And um, we didn't understand any of their relationships. The we movie got, wasn't written by a woman, and that seemed like the and biggest that's problem. the biggest thing. And, that, and even um, – I recently saw Spring Breakers for the first time, which is not comparable to Hustlers at all. But I was watching these girls, you know, be badasses or, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about that movie. <laughs> but, I don't um, either. Uh, but I left it being like, I don't know why I'm not not rooting for them at all. And it's I think it's because it was written by a man. It just doesn't feel – they don't feel like women to me. Um, anyway, I, I just was so uh, – yeah, so happy with this movie that the scene where they celebrate Christmas together um, and are just giving each other gifts and praise and love, it just, it was really powerful <laughs> to see on screen. And it's so funny. Kiki Palmer is a delight. I, I can't wait to see what I she does. Uh, so funny. Um, and J-Lo, like, fucking, uh, man. Am I, oh, oh, yeah, swear okay. away, swear okay. away. Uh, I just caught it. Um, uh, she's just so powerful and 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 really thorough in this movie the end where she's like working at Walmart and takes out the picture it just felt like a real person and I think we don't credit her enough for being a, a good actress because she's been in bad movies um but she's Selena really good. out of sight like uh, yes I was a huge JLo head early yeah. on and then I just don't know the last movie she made where I was in the demographic right. and, I, and by that I mean like yeah. I'll watch really good romantic comedies, but a lot of them just didn't seem right. inspired yeah. to me. Um, um, but no, I, I, yeah, I, uh, if you haven't seen Hustlers yet, do yourself a treat. Go, <laughs> go, go, go see, see it. Uh, my number three mm. is uh, 
I'm surprised this wasn't my number one. Uh, yeah. Is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. In this town, I can all change like that. Hey, you're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. Oh, which, holy hell, did I love this movie. Um, yeah, I think it's a really incredible movie. It's It's been an interesting one to hear people talk about because almost everybody I know who saw it the first time outside of a handful were kind of thrown the first time they saw it. And they were like, that's a weirdly paced movie, and what was it about? And I I don't know. Those questions were not, weren't, weren't in my head the first time I saw it. I thought it was the best hang in a movie I've had in a very long time. I thought... I really loved getting to hang out in what Hollywood Quentin Tarantino wished it was, mm -hmm. to embrace the fairy tale of it all. And I also think that the movie would probably be received even better, or the experience of a lot of audience members, if it was treated a little more like Shakespeare and you were supposed to actually like know a little bit of the story ahead of time. Because that story is all leading up to a day that a lot of like a lot of our parents know those dates, right. and they know that it's heading towards the date that mm -hmm. Sharon Tate is supposed to get brutally murdered. And if you know that 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 those dates mean something when those chirons come up, then the movie feels like it is inexorably heading towards a very dangerous place. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes that for all the fun you have. Uh, and for all the atmosphere, it creates tension the entire way through. And then the ending really does something for you mm -hmm. in terms of the genre, in terms of what yeah. he's trying to say. <laughs> and it all makes sense. But if those dates mean nothing to you, mm. and you don't really know what happened to Sharon Tate, and you don't really know about that street, mm -hmm. then I think the movie's wildly confusing for people. And mm -hmm. so I just kind of wish that right before they went in, or like in a title card. A companion piece, yeah. Yeah, just like on this day, Sharon Tate was was brutally murdered along with these people. Right. Um, these are the people who did it. Um, here's a story. Yeah, it is It is perhaps less successful in that way than Inglorious Bastards, where we we know a little bit more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, in on, we're in on it a little yeah. bit. But uh, to me, it's my favorite DiCaprio since Wolf of Wall Street. I think that he has to do drama <laughs> and comedy. So um, when, I mean, that those scenes he has with the little girl, I think, are out yeah, of this world. She's amazing. She's wonderful. Um, the whole Western that they do, he mm -hmm. has to... I don't know that there's much harder than uh, having to be an actor on screen who has to be a bad actor and then a good actor. Mm -hmm. Like that is so much meta bullshit. <laughs> um, and to like, I feel like that's gonna cause everybody to work real hard. Uh -huh. uh, and he pulls it the fuck so off. Well. Um, and I was really amazed by that. I thought Brad Pitt put on a, a clinic on what a movie star does. Uh, um, just like out of this world. Yeah. Um, I thought that some of the fights about representation kind of missed the point of the movie, but I would love to have more of those conversations with people and mm -hmm. see whether my biases are kind of coming through too strong there. And uh, I just want to live in that world. Yeah. I want to live in that world, and I want to see the version of Chinatown that has Leonardo DiCaprio as <laughs> the lead, because you know, or Rosemary's Baby, because that's what would be coming. Yeah. Like that would be. Um, so yeah, I was a huge fan of that movie and uh, MVP for best flamethrower of all time. Amazing. Well, yeah, this is my number one. Whoa! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I loved this movie. We talked about it. I I left it immediately, like mapping out in my head when I could see it again. I I know I I've talked to people about it, and um, the consensus seems to be people think it was too long. I just hard disagree. Could have could spent be twenty another, minutes longer. So <laughs> give me three more hours with these people. I loved these characters. Um, it, this, if you're talking about that Z-axis of like mm -hmm. hitting me in a special place, I am both like I love Los Angeles, I love living here. I'm I'm very much an LA file, very much a cinephile, um, and uh, and it really just hits those two places in, in a very, you know, and trying to act in in this transitional time in our industry that you know is being reflected by this other very big transitional time in our in our industry. Um, I just thought like I would have watched a full hour just of the driving shots. Mm -hmm. it was so beautiful. Um, and yeah, God, Leonardo DiCaprio is is I think my favorite actor. I you know I can try and do digging to come up with a, a less uh, flashy answer, but he just um, is so vulnerable and funny and um, just good in this movie. I, I really, really loved it. Um, I think 
there's so many layers to this movie. I was just obsessed with it. I listened to as much content about it as I could after, read as many articles as I could about, um, you know, how it's nostalgic for a time where there was mass culture, the the music that plays throughout the movie that connects them all, or the, how they're all watching FBI. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the thing. I, I just, I miss that. I wish, it, I wish it were still that way. And I think, like, as a love letter to that, this movie is just very um, special to me. And that movie felt like everyone did go and see it and share that. And I loved that, even if people yeah. didn't love it as much as I did or felt a little kind of befuddled mm-hmm. by it. Rarely do I think movies should be 10-episode series. Like, I recently just I just rewatched Chinatown. Oh, fuck, what a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, while well, I'm excited that David Fincher is making a prequel to it for Netflix. What? Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> guess what? Chinatown managed to do it in two hours and 10 minutes and did not need 10 episodes to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect. This movie, I think, absolutely could be a 10-hour show where you're building towards the much bigger climax, but then I think you could actually give more time to Rick Dalton's, like, successes or failures on set, and you could actually give some of those characters a little bit more. Like, I'd love to learn more about Timothy Oliphant's characters and to follow, what what is her name, Julia Butters is the actress in it. Like, give me more of all of it. I'd do, like, a whole 20 minutes just following Brad Pitt's dog around for a while. Love the the great dogs. Love the dogs. Oh, my God. Just, Yeah. uh, yeah, just... Wonderful stuff. It's yeah, I I really like would watch Cliff, uh, you know, doing all of his you know other failed stuntman work. Yes. Um, I, I yeah, I I was so in love with it. I well, yeah, like you said, I just want to live in that world for as long as possible. It feels very quickly like it. There are certain movies my year doesn't feel complete until I've seen it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that'll be on my list of things I just want to watch like once a year. Yeah. It's it's really something. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already hit my number two. My right. number two was Uncut Gems. And the only other thing I want to say about yeah. it, I loved Adam Sandler in it. Loved, I think he's excellent in it. And it also I had this moment where I thought, what if this was made 30 years ago and it was Dustin Hoffman? And then I like I like a shiver went down my spine and I just really enjoy that thought exercise. Oh. So just kind of food yeah. for thought after you see that movie. Just I yeah, that's been that's been eating away at me a little bit. It was like, <laughs> what would that movie have been at the height of his powers? Um, I think I know the answer to this, but what is your number two? I think it's your number one. I know. So this will actually kind of bring us right to the end here. Oh, amazing. Um, Parasite. I'm deadly serious. Tell me about Parasite, Lindsay. I, oh man, I, it, it, it was another movie that, again, plays with tension and class, the things that I think were, were through us and, and even Hustlers, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. a lot of, of films this year. Um, but it was that thing. I, I sat down in the movie theater. I saw it by myself, and it felt like I had gotten on a roller coaster, and I didn't get off until the end of until the credits. Until they kicked you out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was so impressed. This is, I think this is the only movie I've ever seen by Bong Joon-ho. Um, and and he's just so... I was so impressed by it. It felt like a studio hit in terms of the quality, the, the pace, the entertainment value. But it was handling these huge, huge um, themes and and tackling them in, in a very interesting way um, of class and capitalism and, and in a very like specific and nuanced story that was surprising and wonderful. The acting... Was oh incredible. My God. Um, was it felt like a real family? The the woman who plays the um, housekeeper the, mm-hmm. is like, I was like, oh, this is just a woman. They like, it must <laughs> it can't be any other way. Um, I was just so impressed. Um, and we can get into to more of like what it's about, but uh, it just felt like a movie that in the way that like my dad talks about oatmeal, like it sticks to your ribs, like <laughs> it will stick to me for a very long time. I had the exact same experience seeing it. I saw it alone. Mm. Um, so let me just say one quick thing. It is a foreign film. Yes. It is from South Korea. It's going to have subtitles. And I'll tell you, it is not boring. No. <laughs> it is visually incredibly stimulating. And reading what they're saying does not take away from it. There are more images that are seared into my mind from that movie than I think yes. anything I've seen in a long time. And there's things on this list that really stuck with me and nothing quite like that. Right. Um, there's the end of the kind of cold open of the movie was the uh, where they're all oh. breathing in stuff. I mean, there's the person pushing the bookcase. I mean, like these things will mean something once you've seen it. They're not yeah. spoilers. Um, it, there are so many images that are incredible. Um, the fact that it is inherently very funny. There yeah. are parts of it that are just straight up farce. Right. 
there are moments of it that feel like you're about to be in a horror movie, but it never has the bottom drop out. Like, well, it never again turns into the type of horror right. movie. So my wife does not like horror movies. Yeah. Kara, when I try to get her to see us, she's like, mm, you go see that yeah, one. Yeah, skip that one. And when I left us and when I left Paris, I was like, she would have loved both of these. Right. And that's where I say like, yes, it can get into the realm of horror for parts of it, but I don't ever think it becomes... It was not, yeah. It's not gratuitous. It's not torture porn. It's not designed right. to upset no. as like its only goal. I've heard it call, be called a thriller. And even that, I'm like, it, it, it is, but I, I it feels like there's a, a word that doesn't exist for what this movie is. Yeah, it's... um. So I feel like saying too much about it actually gives it away. And part of what I love right. was I didn't know anything Same. about it. I yeah. did. I on, I actually thought it was a full-on horror movie when I saw it, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. Um, but I will say when I was talking about us feeling a little heavy with over-meaning mm-hmm. or over-symbolism in terms of the meaning and like right. over-metaphor, I felt like Parasite was the incredibly economical version. It actually, Parasite reminded me a lot of how I felt watching Get Out the first time. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is perfect, and I have not seen anything authored quite right. like this before. There's enough there that you feel smart of like the, the pure architecture of things, of like, okay, they live in a half basement. What mm-hmm. is above and below? <laughs> exactly. Um, again, trying to be very delicate here, yeah. but, uh, but I think, it, and then even the way they shoot things to make it look I, I don't it want to gets, talk about it too much, but it's so smart, and it, and it does make you feel like you're putting the pieces together, but without hitting you over the head with anything or being, yeah, weighted weighted down with too much of it. Um, so if you're listening this long into this podcast, yeah. <laughs> let me just beg, please go see it. If oh, you haven't so seen good. it, please do it. Whatever uh, worry you have that you're not going to like mm-hmm. it for any reason, I, I really think you will. And if you don't, please please at me and let's let's get into yeah. it because I would lo- I would love to hear why someone. Why someone doesn't love this movie. Um, anything else you want to say about your top five of the year? Oh, I love movies so much. <laughs> this was a great year at the yeah. movies. Um, so my top five, Parasite, Uncut Gems, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage mm-hmm. Story, and Us, with an honorable mention for Knives Out. All of those are movies that I don't think can have a sequel. I think they're sequel right? impossible. Not IP. D- they are, there is no IP. They're mm-hmm. original stories with the beginning, middle, and end. They are about something while still being entertaining. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them has laughs while also like making my heart feel all the feels. Um, yeah, please go support movies. Yeah. Buy tickets. Don't just see that. Every single one. Here's something I firm, firmly believe. Mm-hmm. Every single one of these movies will be not as good if you watch it at home. 100%. Yeah, just don't be distracted by your phone. Don't watch it on your iPad. Don't break it into a bunch of bits and don't. It's, you know, I remember when I saw the Grand Canyon for the first time and I saw a whole bunch of pictures of it. And guess what? A picture does not fucking do it justice. It's bigger. It's more, there's more majesty to it. And when you allow a movie to take up that much space, Mm -hmm. they become art in a way that I don't think that they can be on your phone. No. Um, So there's my soapbox. No, it's true. And it's more fun to see it in a theater. It just, yeah. Experience it with other people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hear them. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I really believe that. The only other honorable mention I had, um, because I do uh, very much enjoy family films, and mm-hmm. um, this was kind of a light year for those for me, but uh, Toy Story 4. Didn't think I would like it. Didn't think it was necessary. Toy Story 3 is a masterpiece. Thought yep. we could have very much ended there. That said, Toy Story 4 was delightful. Never thought I'd love a spork so much. Um, <laughs> right? I think they did a really good job with it, and uh, and and if you are craving a little, yeah, um, you know, lighthearted Disney fun. Yeah. Go go for that one. It's wonderful. Um, do you have a couple more minutes? Yeah. Okay, quickly. Um, I think uh, the, the Golden Globes uh, nominations sure. came out. The awards are early January. I think they're like the third. Great. Like they're really like three and a half weeks away. So um, what I, we're going to go category by category quickly. And here's okay. what I want. I want what you'd like to win and what you think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fun. And uh, we're only going to hit the major categories. Great. Um, okay, best supporting actor in a feature. Okay. Tom Hanks, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins, Two Popes. Pacino, Irishman. Pesci, Irishman. Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Would love Brad Pitt to win. Uh, what do I think? Anthony Hopkins, Two Popes, because, again, what is it? I don't know. And Hollywood Foreign Press. I, I don't put it past him. Great. I, uh, I would... I would also like Brad Pitt to win for that. I think he's perfect in it. If they give it to Pesci, I won't be upset, and I feel like they're going to give it to Tom Hanks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, supporting actress Margot Robbie in Bombshell, Jennifer Lopez in oh, that's Hustlers. I, see. I know, I want to see it too. Uh, Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers, Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Annette Benning, The Report, Kathy Bates, Richard Jewell. You know, I haven't seen a lot of these. Um, I would like J Lo to win. 
but uh, it feels like uh, Annette Benning, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard too much about the report. Except for that people don't love like, it. Yeah, exactly, which is why maybe not that. Um, Kathy Bates. <laughs> the Hollywood Foreign Press is famous for loving really young women. And so I feel like they're probably going to give it to Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Yeah. She's like the youngest. She's the ingenue of that group. Sure. Um, but I think J-Lo has a really good shot at it, too, because they also love celebrities. Right. And they just want, yeah. And I think I that think if they, they give her the award, people... she will show up there right, for years exactly. to come, which is a lot of what they want. So, um, and I haven't seen enough of these either. In fact, the only one that I have seen is Laura Dern. And so I feel like I have to say that's my pick because it's the only one I've actually seen in terms of want. Mm-hmm. And she's really good in it. But I uh, I think I think I'm going to go with Jennifer Lopez. Um, okay. Actress in a musical or comedy. Mm. Anna Dermas for Knives Out, Aquafina for Their Farewell, Kate Blanchett, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart, Emma Thompson for Late Night. Oh, you know, again, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of these. I, for, I kind of forgot um, about. I haven't seen The Farewell, and I, I really have heard good things. Um, uh, so I guess on spec, rooting for Aquafina. Although Beanie Feldstein, I think, was phenomenal in Booksmart. That she movie, was wonderful. Um, you know, I. It didn't resonate with me as much as I wanted it to, um, but but I think you know I I definitely want to support um, an up and coming just true star. I think um, so that would that would be cool if if she won. That and who do you think is going to take it? Kate Blanchett. I don't I know. Think the, so I, too. I just think Kate Blanchett's yeah. going to win for that fucking movie that no one saw. But I think they're going to be like, well, I haven't heard of any of these people, so except for Emma Thompson, yeah. like, and Kate Blanchett. You know, I will say I did see Late Night, and um, and Emma Thompson is, is wonderful in it. It's not. I wanted more from her, and I just didn't. I love her. I think she's incredibly talented. I don't know that I ever really bought her as a comic. Sure. And I feel like that movie should have been. Is that a about problem with the, the writing? Rise. though? It might be. I think it's both. I think okay. I think it, I think there might be two yeah. things going together there. I feel like that movie should have been about the rise of that star, not the end of it. Yeah, and that, there might have been more there. Um, I think it's going to go to Kate Blanchett. I um, I think my want is Beanie Feldstein, but if Anna de Armas, I mean, I I had never really seen her before, and she is actually the star of Knives Out, and she holds that thing together. Cool. Um, so we'll see. Um, actress in a drama. Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, ScarJo for Marriage Story, uh, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, Renee Zellweger for Judy. Oh, right. Um, probably haven't seen it, but Little Women, Saoirse, I, I just think she's so good. I think, and then if we're, if we're going with the rule of thumb that they, I think I want her and she will win. <laughs> Great. I love it. Um I think it's going to be Renelle Zellweger for Judy, um, and I think this is—I think that's actually this year's *The Wife*, which is a movie <laughs> yeah. no one saw, but everyone who did mm-hmm. just crowned somebody. Um, I heard that movie's not very good. I kind of don't like that there are these movies that no one sees that are only aimed at like old people, and somehow they like just get swept up in there, and mm-hmm. that keeps other people from getting a chance at it. So. Um, I, the only one I saw of these so far is ScarJo and Marriage Story. I think she's wonderful, right. and I think that she's going to get an Oscar nomination. For, yeah. So that's my guess. Um, actor, musical, or comedy? Daniel Craig, Knives Out. Roman Griffin Davis, Jojo Rabbit. Mm. DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Taron Egerton, Rocket Man. Eddie Murphy, Dolomite is my name. This is a fun category. I right? would I would be pretty happy if you know you know if any of these guys won, but uh, but Leonardo DiCaprio. I just again I. I think if, if it's at all possible, he is underrated. <laughs> I think he is underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want him to win, and I think he will win. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Actor drama, Christian Bale, Ford versus Ferrari, Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Jonathan Price, the other of them two popes. It's probably going to be Joaquin Phoenix, right? It seems like it. I haven't seen that yet, um, but he is just like one of the few actors that I think truly transforms. Um and and I I wouldn't be I wouldn't blame him if if he won. <laughs> I think he did great work in a movie that's just such a yawn. But great. I think he is great in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to get it. If they were to give it to Adam Driver, I would not be upset. And I've heard that Antonio Banderas totally deserves it for Pain and Glory, and really? I really want to see it. So, uh, but I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to get it. So if you're in a pool and you're wondering from us what you should pick, I think it's Joaquin. Uh, screenplay: Bombach for Marriage Story, Bong Joon Ho, and Han Jin Won for Parasite. Uh, Anthony McCartan for The Two Popes, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Steve Zalian for The Irishman. Ooh, 
Um, you know, it would be very cool if Bong Joon Ho won. Um, I, I, but that is that is hard for me to say because it is the you know there are a couple moments when I was watching it where I was, I was curious if the translation totally worked. Yeah. Um, specifically, there, there's a part where the son is like, "This is so metaphorical," and I was like, "It feels like that's not the word yeah. they're using." Um, so I, I think probably it'll be Quentin. I think so too. Yeah. Also, because I think they're going to give director to someone else, and so this is this is the way. And for that's him. the thing that's yeah. happened to him three times already. Insane. He's such a good director. Yeah. Um, and I also, I, I don't know, I kind of want it to be Bombach for Marriage Story and then sure. give di- the directing to Tarantino, yeah. but not unhappy I mean, about again, it. I think Tarantino's going to get it. I'm very skeptical of these awards. Uh, director Bong Joon-ho, Parasite, Sam Mendes, 1917, Todd Phillips, Joker, Martin Scorsese, The Irishman, Quinn Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Do you think it'll be Scorsese? I hope not. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's his best. And yeah. I would, I would like... I would be happy. Uh, it would be great if Bong Joon Ho won because that, that I do think the direction of that movie is is part of what really you know again having it be a foreign film it translates no matter what like that is what makes the movie really work and um, and I would be thrilled if you won. Yeah, I completely agree. I think my pick though is for this for Tarantino. Right. I think he's going to win here. Uh, picture musical or comedy? Dolomite is my name. Jojo Rabbit. Knives Out. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Rocket Man. Oh, please don't let it be Rocket Man. <laughs> please, please. Oh, if we have Bohemian Rhapsody all over again, I'll die. Um, that was my least favorite movie of last year. Yeah. Oh, my surprise, God. What a surprise. mess. What a mess. Um, no, I, I want Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But if JoJo Rabbit did, I think that would be very fun. I want so I'd like one, to see more movies like that made. I want Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I do, and I also think it's going to win. Last picture, mm-hmm. best picture drama, Irishman, Marriage Story, 1917, Joker, Two Popes. Have you seen any of these? I have not. That's it's an interesting thing it's this crazy. year, right? Yeah. Well, in 1917 and Two Popes has anyone seen those? No, not yet. I I mean I I like Sam Mendes. I I'll see it, sure. <laughs> um I think Joker's going to win this and it's going to anger me. Um but I think it's going to. And I'm trying to prepare for that. I would like it to be Marriage Story. Yeah. But that's uh that's where we'll see. Uh, Lindsay, thank you for doing this. Of course, anytime. If you want to do a maybe after the awards, we'll do yes. That. Oh, we'll do a, like a post SAG and Golden Globes one wow. before the Oscars come out. And uh, whenever there's anything pop culture in the world that we need to chat about, we're gonna put up the Lindsay signal. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, thank Lindsay. Till next thank time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Lindsay. Thank you to presenting sponsor John Rosenfeld Studios and our other sponsor Horrible Haikus. Uh, I would love to hear what you think of our lists and what your lists are. So if you have any thoughts, please uh, don't be shy. Send them to us on Instagram at Industry Town Podcast. Facebook's the same thing at Industry Town Podcast. On Twitter at Industry Town Pod. Uh, or you can always email at Industry Town Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week with an interview with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, John Rosenfeld. So don't miss that. And until then, happy holidays. <laughs>